Well, good morning, friends. Uh, you all survived the rain? No? <laughs> Some of us are soaking wet, but hey, uh, it's all good. Um, real quick, before we jump into part two of our series together, Hope in the Dark, uh, because of where we live, and Indiana is right there, four, five, six miles away, um, they started school already, but here in our own community, uh, Sturgis Public Schools begin on Wednesday, and I know JB just finished in prayer for all of us for service, but I really want to, I want to pray for our schools, I want to pray for our teachers and administrators, uh, several of them come here to church at Radiant Life, I want to pray for our students, and um, one of my heart, well, hello, one of my heart's um, desire is that we really just love on the middle school during this time. Uh, they've just had some rough spots, and we really want to just pour in on them. And I really want to pray. I mean, I don't know if you know that. Last year, they got a new principal halfway through the s school year. Like, that's just tough. That's tough. So he's entering his first full year, so to speak. Um, you guys want to watch Netflix this morning? There it is. In all previous versions of Android. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray while either Josh or Brandon, sneakily, while we're praying, works this out for us, all right? Um, there's a remote right here, right there, all right? So we're all going to close our eyes and ignore the man on stage while we pray together. So let's pray for our schools. Uh, Father God, oh, I just want to lift up all the administrators to you, all the new principals in different spots and locations across our elementary schools and our middle school and our high school, God, I just pray that you would give them immense wisdom. I pray that they enter this year extremely joy-filled. I pray that they would enter this new year with a, just a revived spirit and enthusiasm. And I pray for our superintendent and our assistant superintendent, God, I pray that you would give them incredible discernment knowing what to do for our schools and how to move our public schools here in Sturgis in the direction that you would have as they serve our community so well. And God, I lift up all the teachers to you in all the areas of every school, God. I pray that they would have an incredible school year. I pray for those that follow Jesus that are teachers. I pray that their light would shine brightly for you in their classroom. I pray that they would give hope to kids who have no hope at home. I pray that they would build a relationship of trust. I pray that you would just use them and inspire those, those young minds and give them joy. And I know the, a lot of kids coming into classrooms are coming from broken homes. And they're just craving love and consistency. I pray our teachers give that to them. And God, I lift up our students to you. I pray for those that follow Jesus, no matter what church they go to, God, as long as they proclaim your name in their life, would you give them courage to stand up for what's right? Would you give them this heart and desire of prayer and praying for their schools? I pray that, that as they walk the halls, as they're in their classrooms, I pray as they're on the sports fields, God, would you just let their light shine for you? Let them be an incredible positive influence and may they change their school because they're in love with you. And God, I pray for any student that may be suffering through depression, anxiety, 
wanting to end it all. God, I pray you would reach down into that student's heart and spirit and touch them. Will you just do that now, God? And let them know that you're, you're their creator and how much you love them, even if they feel so unloved right now. God, would you bless our schools? Not in here in Sturgis, but all the communities in northern Indiana and everyone around us, God. May 2019, 2020 be an awesome year for our teachers, for our administrators, for our students. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Well, welcome to part two of Hope in the Dark. I'm going to ask a question. You ever feel like you're up against a wall? Like you are just banging your head against the wall because you're lost and you're just wondering why? Or have you ever been in a position of doubt? You want to believe in God and the goodness of who this God is and this faith thing, but you just can't quite wrap your head around it. You're a little bit inside of you just wants to doubt it a little bit because what you want to believe isn't matching up with what you're seeing. And doubt creeps in. And we're in a raw and honest book. We're in the Old Testament in a book called Habakkuk. Only three chapters in that book. And we left last week going over chapter one, and chapter one ends with Habakkuk wondering, why God? I thought you were good, and I see we were prospering. Now I see injustice and violence. What's going on? Why this? And then chapter two does not get much better. In fact, I think chapter two may be more difficult than chapter one, because chapter two is all about the waiting. How many of you, in all honesty, you, you would say, throw humility aside, I am really good at waiting. One hand, maybe two. God bless you. You need to rub off your patience to everyone else because 99.9% .9 of us are not good at waiting. That's where Habakkuk is left off. Habakkuk backstory. Habakkuk is a prophet 600 years before the time of Jesus, so we're looking at about 2,600 years ago. And he's a minor prophet. What that means is we have the major prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah who write long books in the Bible. And then you have the minor prophets who are a little smaller. And Habakkuk's one of those. Habakkuk is, the, is an irony to a prophet because a prophet tends to get a word or a revelation from God and then brings it to the people. Not Habakkuk. Habakkuk actually is sitting there complaining to God and he unleashes on God. Why, why, why? Because he saw prosperity, now he sees injustice, and he goes, God, you're not a God of injustice. Why are you allowing this to happen? He's got questions. Like you and I have, why, God, you don't seem to care what I truly believe about you. I think you could stop this with your power. I know you can, but you're not doing anything. Why? And then God shows up in a conversation with Habakkuk and says, hey, I'm going to amaze you. In fact, what you're, what I'm gonna, you won't even believe what I'm going to do. It's going to be amazing. And I imagine Habakkuk saying, yeah, this is the God I want. Finally answered prayer. And, and God says, hey, Habakkuk, I'm sending your enemy, the Babylonians. And I imagine Habakkuk's like, oh, seriously? I thought you were good. And he's left wondering. 
And here he is. Now we enter chapter 2, and he's not out of the wandering. In the wandering, now Habakkuk's waiting. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? You know, for me, I have been waiting 20 years to be healed from my ulcerative colitis. 20 years praying for healing. And it still hasn't come. This Thursday, I get the privilege of going up to seeing my specialist in Grand Rapids, an Ohio State graduate, Marion had. I was like, all right, you take care of me. I don't care what team you root for or whatever. But to sit there and get a needle poked in my hand and have my infusion treatment for one hour. And I'm left in a season of waiting. I'm waiting for healing, God. 20 years and still waiting. For some of you, you're waiting for all sorts of things. You're waiting for your child to come back. You're waiting for your marriage to be what you always dreamed about being. You're waiting for that job promotion that you think you should always get, but you are always overlooked at work. You're just waiting for that person to come back into your life and actually say, I'm sorry. We're waiting. This morning, I want to talk three things while we look at chapter 2 of Habakkuk. What are three things to do when you're hurting? And Habakkuk, oh, he does it so well. Here's the first, if you're a note taker. Number one, whoop, listen. You listen. Some in the period of waiting and hurting, they walk away from God. They begin to doubt God, but not Habakkuk. Habakkuk positions himself to hear from God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 says this. I'll stand at my watch, this is Habakkuk talking, and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he, referring to God, will say to me. So Habakkuk in the season of waiting and wandering goes, listen, I will position myself and get in the right position so I can hear from God now. So I can listen. My question to you is, who has your ear? There are so many worldly voices out there. Does God actually have your ear? What do you mean he has? How do we actually hear? How do we actually listen? What? Here's the first thing. God gave you his word. So the question becomes, are you even in God's word or not? So many people are like, I, I, Ryan, meet with me. I, I want to know what God's purpose for it, me in my life. Don't ask me. Get into his word. He'll reveal it. Have you ever been in his word? Oh, no. It starts there. Here's what I do. My quiet time every morning. During the school year, I get up at 5.30. Uh, during the summer, I get 30 minutes of sleep. I do 6 o'clock. The first thing I do in the morning is I get a shower and do my hair. Very important two things right away. Come on, have fun. Second thing I do, cup of coffee. So I turn that baby on nice and early in the morning, have it pre-brew me. And then the third thing, I grab my Bible and have quiet time. Before anyone else gets up, what does my quiet time look like? I don't read huge chunks of God's word at a time. 
I don't know if you're familiar with God's word, you've got, the, you've got chapters. And a lot of times in a chapter, you've got, a, you've got subtitles. Sometimes in between subtitles, there's only 14 verses. Sometimes between subtitles, there's 28, 36. I read what's in between the subtitles, and that's it. So if there's only five verses where I'm at in between subtitles, that's all I read for the day. But I sit there and I highlight and underline. I'm really geeky. This is so awesome. My Bible looks like a rainbow. It's beautiful inside. I use a green marker for any area that I, that, that's growth. Get it? Green for growth? Yeah, yeah, you got this? You can tell me what pens I use later. It's awesome. I, I do that. I use the blue marker for any time God's name is referenced. God, Jesus, Savior, Messiah, Holy Spirit, Spirit, Lord, whatever that is, I use blue and I underline it. I use yellow for any city or place or festival because there's importance there. So I use yellow. I will circle with red contrasting words. So if, if I'm reading a section, night and day, light and dark, salt, whatever it is, I will circle with red. I will square with black repeated words. Like if God says, hey, pray, and then like two sentences later, it says pray, and then two sentences later, it says pray again. I will square prayer every time it says pray because it's repeatable. Parents, you know this, right? When you parent your child, hey, if I keep having to say it to you, it's pretty important. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. Clean up your room. It's important to do that, right? So I, I go into God's word. Anytime something's repeated, square and black, square and black. I am so nerdy. I, do you, I love it though. I love opening my day. Guess what I do on Saturday morning? I still set my alarm clock and get up early. Why? I could sleep in. Some of you, it's probably the wise thing to do. I probably should sleep in sometimes, but I don't. I get up early Saturday morning still before my kids, before my wife, and I have my quiet time. Why do I do it? Because I've fallen in love with my quiet time. Because God meets me there. And I will still get up early on a Saturday when God knows I need more sleep, but I still get there and God meets me. And I set my time up. You need that quiet time in your life. Listen, because if you don't, we know how our schedules get, don't we? Come on now. Well, busy, 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 end of the day. Oh, man, look at the time. You get in the shower, got to get your clean socks on for bed, right? You all got nighttime socks like I do? No, okay, weird. Anyways, and then you get in bed, and you're like, oh, the day's over. And then the next day happens, and the schedule gets to us. You got to have that routine of getting into God's word to listen. Position yourself to listen to him, especially when you're in the midst of the storm, because if you do it, all the voices you hear is the storm. How else does God speak? How else am I going to listen? This is where we need each other. God will use you and other people in your life to speak to you. He's used many of you in this room to speak to me. And you walk away, you're like, wow, I know, God, you used that person in my life right there. This is why you're going to hear in September a big push for our small groups, life groups in October. You need to get into a group with other believers so they can breathe life into you. And you need to hear from God and God can use those people to speak to you. You need it. He'll use songs. You know, have you ever been in a worship song? And you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is speaking to me. Right? You're there. God will use our worship songs. God will use the Sunday morning message. We got to position ourselves like Habakkuk to listen. And some of you are like, well, I've been listening for far too long and I still don't hear him. Listen, silence doesn't mean absence. 
Put a stake in the ground on the claim and promise that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Claim that promise in your life. That is yours. Take it to heart and say, hey, I'm gonna listen. Even though I'm not hearing, all I hear is chirps. I don't think that's from God, but I'm gonna position myself to listen because I'm in a period of hurting and pain and wandering right now. Here's the second thing. You're gonna write. So write, write down. Here's how the, thank you, someone got that joke, thank you. Here's how God responds. Come on, you're gonna write. That's funny, you need to laugh more often. What a joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on now, here we go. Now that Habakkuk has positioned himself, the Lord responds. The Lord replied. Let's read these four words together. You ready, friends? Write down the revelation. Write it down and make it plain on tablets. Write it down, document it, get it on paper. Why? Because there's an enemy of your soul that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And we're gonna write things, our prayers, our answered prayers, our promises. You write it down because Satan wants to take away from you what God gives to you. He wants to take it away. And I know for some of us, especially dudes, I'm gonna talk to you men because women just tend to journal and are better at this than men. Guys, we think of journaling and writing as like, uh, it's my dude diary, right? You don't have to like do this massive long love letter thing. I, two months ago, I started journaling for the first time in my life. You know what happened? You know what started it? I actually bought it. I spent my own money on this thing and I'm like, oh, better use it now or that's a waste of money right there. It's a five-year journal. Every day, I only have that much room to write. That's it. Some days, I've written only three words in there. Other days, I've written out my prayer. Other days, dang, oh, dang. I said, I did say dang, not the other word, okay? Um, like, God really spoke to me in my quiet, mm, God spoke to me in my quiet time. Hmm. Hmm. Could have been worse things that came out. So praise Jesus that it didn't. All right. But my, my, my quiet time, wow, God really spoke to me in those moments. And I'll write down what, what was so touching about those 12 verses I read. I make it simple. I think oftentimes we hear journal, we overcomplicate it. We think like we gotta write long letters. Make it simple, make it work for you. And here's what happened. Some of you, God spoke to you last week during service in the message and you're like, I needed that, I loved it. And what happened is you got out of the doors, you went into your car, a fight happened with you and your spouse or your kids go crazy, Monday morning rolled around and you forgot it already. You need to write it down. I think church, I think we all ought to be note takers on church. My wife takes notes every single Sunday. She sits there in her journal and she takes notes from what I say. And she lives with me. I can give her the notes anytime. I can say, honey, here are all my notes for the next six months. But she does it. She says, no, I live in the moment. I, I hear what you say. And she, she writes everything that I have on these screens. She, she documents it. And it's awesome. I'm lifting up my wife right now because she's amazing and I am who I am because of my wife. Amen, men? That was your opportunity to score some brownie points right there, guys, all right? 
but she's amazing. And she has gone back to messages that I've spoken about that I myself have forgotten about. And she referenced it. And I was like, ooh, I really say that? She's like, yeah. I was like, ooh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. I forgot it because I, I didn't really write it down. I have it here. I didn't write it down, but she did. And she's able to go back to it in a rough spot and say, hey, remember that one message? And we could go through it together. But she gets it down. She writes it down. She documents it. All right, here's the third point when you're hurting, what to do. So what do you write down? Prayer requests, answered prayers, things that you're learning. Um, I, I, I write a lot, just one or two words in it, if I'm reading. Like the whole book of Acts, the Holy Spirit's poured out. I'll just write, pour out your spirit, right? Just make it simple. Here's the third one. It's wait. This is probably the most difficult one when you're hurting. Because how long, God, will my child rebel? How long will my marriage not be what I want it to be? How long do I have to wait for my boss to finally recognize what I do for them? How long do I have to wait and live in a place that I don't want to live in and I don't like my job? How long, God? And you wait. And here's what God speaks to Habakkuk and says this in verse three. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It's coming, but it's God's appointing time. And it speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it lingers, wait for it. And it will certainly come and will not delay. If you think about some of the best meals you've ever had, the best meals take a little bit longer, don't they, to make. Think about Thanksgiving, right? You slave over that meal all day to eat that thing, but it is delicious. Then you crash watching the lions lose on Thanksgiving. Some of your gourmet desserts may be in the oven right now. Though it linger, you wait. You wait. I love what the Living Bible says of, the, of this version in, in, of, of um, verse 3. It says this, but these things I plan won't happen right away. This is God speaking, remember? And I don't like these S words. Slowly, steadily. I want rapidly and quickly. But no, slowly, steadily, steadily, I like this one, surely it's going to come. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. If it's moving at turtle pace and you want to run at the hare pace, don't lose hope. For these things will surely come to pass. Let's read these three words together. Ready? Just be patient. Turn to your neighbor and say, be patient. Turn to your second choice and tell them to be patient. Not a single promise will be overdue a single day. You've got to be patient. Why wait? And Habakkuk, I've got questions for you, God. I'm waiting. You wait because God's timing is perfect. His appointed time will come. God, I, I like you on my timetable. 
I can imagine God saying, I know you do. Wait for it. Though it lingers, wait for it. Because if it's not God's time, you can't force it. You cannot force it. But if it is God's time, you can't stop it. Whew. But I'm wondering and I'm waiting and I'm in this season and you're taking forever, God. And I'm asking questions and I'm in this waiting and I'm trying to hold your faith. But I'm going to, in the midst of it, I'm going to wait. I'm going to embrace you. And I'm going to wrestle at the same time. God's delays are not God's denials. So many times, we, I know we feel like that, don't we? Come on, why is it taking forever? Are you just denying me? No, 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 The appointed time hasn't come yet. Though it linger, wait for it. And it will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. How do you and I live? We live by faith. You do not walk and live by sight. You walk and live by faith. Even in the midst of the storm and the chaos, this doesn't make sense. I want to see, but I don't see. I'm wondering, I'm waiting. God, why, why, why? But I'm going to do this in the midst of waiting. I'm going to walk by faith. And faith is not getting our answers, our, our prayers answered the way we want to. Walking by faith is saying, God, I am walking in your goodness, in your nature, in the character of who you are. I wonder oftentimes if we just miss it because we pray to God and we're waiting, but we think God, we, we say, God, this is the only way to answer my prayer. Is this. God doesn't do that. And he does something else and we still think we're waiting because our eyes are so fixed on the way we think God ought to answer that prayer. That's why we got to position ourselves to hear from him. Habakkuk chapter 2, he's left waiting. This is how Habakkuk ends chapter 2. Everyone, let's say it. Say, but the Lord. But the Lord is in his holy temple. I may be left wondering why God. I may be left in this period of waiting. But God, no matter what I'm going through, you are still on your throne. Sovereign. circumstances, I choose faith. Even though I don't see a way out of this, I'm going to trust that God will prepare a way out. Even though my heart is aching and I'm in pain right now, I'm going to choose joy in the midst of it and trust in God. And even before God moves, while I'm wandering, have a season of wandering, asking why, and I'm in a season of waiting, even before God moves on my behalf, I will still choose to praise his name. And sometimes those are the most intimate praises in your life. 
really easy to praise God when he's moved on your behalf. It's more difficult to praise God when he hasn't moved yet, but you still declare his goodness. Habakkuk chapter 1. Don't walk away on God in chapter 1. In the 1. Why? Chapter 2 is waiting. Start writing our prayer requests now. Start 